this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to turn for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Change the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Oh! The 0-2 swing and a miss. Struck him out. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm Nathan Ackerman coming at you with an episode. Red October is here. The wildcard series is about to start. That would be tomorrow on Tuesday, October 3rd. Of course, it's the Marlins. After all that, the Phillies are just going to play the Marlins and we're just going to see what happens. Uh, Kind of a nightmare matchup for those who believe in like you know, the perfect storybook ending to a season. And I say that in a bad way, of course, but um, we're going to get into all of it, how they match up against the Marlins, what the wildcard series roster might look like, all the sort of lineup roster bullpen questions that the Phillies are going to have to handle this October. Joining me to do all of that, Ty Dobbert, who just said he has a cold, but is still hopping on the podcast to do a little playoff preview, kind of like the Jordan flu game, if you will. Ty, thank you for pushing through. How you doing? Of course, I'm I'm doing well. Excited to get into the playoff stuff. Um, it's it's kind of weird. I was saying to some people yesterday as the playoff picture kind of got figured out. People figured out um, how it shook out that the Phillies will be playing the Marlins, hosting them starting on Tuesday at Citizens Bank Park. That it was so long between playoff appearances that it felt like a culmination of so many things last year in 2022 when they made the playoffs. And now you look back now, we're previewing the playoffs obviously, but it doesn't feel that long ago that we got done talking about last playoffs. It almost feels too soon in a way, even though this season um, felt long at some points, it just felt like, I don't know. It almost snuck up on me a little bit, but it's going to be really fun. People in this town are going to be super excited. It's not quite like a rivalry in the same way that, the Phillies and the Braves have been at times and the Phillies and the Mets at the the height of, you know, the late 2000s uh, decade is. But Phillies and Marlins, there's something there. Um, think back to like the bottom feeder stuff in 2020 and the Marlins inexplicably owning the Phillies for many years there. So it's going to be going to be a fun one divisional matchups in the playoffs are are always interesting so i'm excited to break it down and i'm excited that we have some playoff baseball to watch very very soon yeah it has been kind of like an unspoken thing over the past few years i mean i i would argue that the phillies i mean each of the past several seasons have been the superior team but as you said the marlins for some reason like inexplicably have owned them um and it's almost like that's kind of what the narrative has been this year again. But if you look at the numbers, like the Phillies are six and seven against the Marlins and they've outscored them by nine runs in their head to head matchup. So it's not like they've been completely outplayed, but it's still like they're the Marlins. Right. So when everybody saw the matchup, it was like, oh, this is how it's going to be. Right. This is how it's going to yeah. end. This is a nightmare, which like I can't really blame people for thinking that way, given how it's gone the last few years. But, yeah, I think this is I mean, this is the first time the Marlins have made the playoffs in a full season since they won the world series in 2003. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot riding on it for them. And then from the um, Phillies perspective, it's like it, you're right. It does seem like it wasn't that long ago, but in the same time, so much has changed since that last October run last year, because now it seems like they're kind of the hot trendy pick because, you know, they know how to win and 
when they get to October, they just win. It's like if we had been saying that last year, that that would be the story, we would be like, they must be talking about a different team because the narrative for the last five years until then was yeah. they know how to lose. They find ways yeah. to lose when the, when, when the season gets to its, you know, peak. So um, yeah, kind of been a, been a, a, a whirlwind of a last year or so, but now the Phillies are like that team that is everybody's like sleeper pick, which is kind of uh new. Yeah, definitely, definitely new, but it makes sense. They won 90 games. They are, you know, of the wildcard teams, they are in a tier of their own, whereas everybody else was kind of bunched up. Uh, the ones fighting for that second and third wildcard spot, it ends up being the Marlins in that second one with the Diamondbacks finishing just behind. They'll play the Brewers, but the Phillies are the are the best team of these wildcard contenders um, pretty solidly, 90-win team, and Phillies play the way they can. They're um, they're playing at home. They have the experience that run behind them. They they should be able to to win. It it should not be much of a problem if they play to their capabilities. And yeah, I, I think the the reason they're the trendy pick is because nobody wants to pick the front runners for their bold predictions. But the Phillies are just almost they're like just a little step behind some of those really great teams because they have the stars, um, they have the high end starting pitching when it's going right and they have they have proof that they can they can make some noise in in the playoffs if things are going right yeah i don't know what all the sports books would tell you that the odds are but they seem like a pretty good value pick as far as that goes so should be interesting um we're gonna get into how they match up with the marlins all the pitching matchups things like that later in the show but why don't we start ty with we can do a little roster talk um, we kind of did this before each round last year, but it seems like every year there's a couple questions on the fringes of the roster that, um, you know, could 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 go a, a long way in a playoff round that figures to be full of a bunch of tight games. So why don't we go over the 26 guys, 13 pitchers, 13 hitters that the Phillies are probably going to trot out there for the wild card round. Um, we can sort of get the locks out of the way because we kind of know to like 21 or 22, maybe 23 of those guys are, are going to be. And then we can sort of go over who the fringe guys might be. Um, because again, they might not start, but they could be, they're playing the Marlins in the wild card series. So there's bound to be something crazy to happen. And, you know, you might need all 26 guys. So why don't we get into that? Let's do a little roster talk. So the Phillies are going to obviously send 26 guys to the wild card series. Um, 13 pitchers, 13 hitters. Don't think you can include more than 13 pitchers, even if you wanted to. From a position player standpoint, it seems like the Phillies have about 11 locks. Those would be JT Realmuto, Bryce Harper, Bryson Stott, Trey Turner, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, Johan Rojas, Nick Castellanos, and Kyle Schwarber in the lineup. And then uh, Edmundo Sosa and Garrett Stubbs on the bench. So that gives you 11 guys which means you have two more spots for, and the way I kind of see it is two of Christian Pache, Weston Wilson, Jake Cave, slash like Rodolfo Castro, but he might be kind of on the outside looking in, even of that fringe conversation. So um, Ty, did I get those locks right? And of yes. those bench guys, of those three bench guys, who do you think might nab those last two spots and why? Yeah, so I think... I, I think Castro, they, they sent him to the training complex in, in Florida. I don't think he um, is really in the consideration here. They kept him on the roster for 
Um, mostly so they can option him next year. They, they kind of were wasting a roster spot for the second half of the season. Um, so I don't think he's really in the cards there. I think for this round, because the Marlins look like they're going to be starting two lefties in the first two games, I think they're going to go right-handed heavy, leave Jake Cave off the roster, and go with Christian Pache and Weston Wilson. Um, Jake Cave has played some first base if you needed that in an emergency, but Weston Wilson can do it too. He's done it in in the majors. He can kind of play all over, Um, can play shortstop, middle infield, corner outfield, can do it all. Um, It almost makes you wonder – the, you know, Matt Elva, the athletic rope, maybe there's a chance he can start in left field against these lefties. And it makes you wonder were Rodolfo Castro's options really that important? Why was Weston Wilson not up earlier that if you think he can give you some value in the playoffs, why was he not facing major league pitching more, especially because in his very limited chances, he succeeded. He saw the ball well homered in his first plate appearance. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's going to make the roster. Even though Christian Pache has struggled, I think they like him. The the lefty thing I think is another reason. Early in the season he hit lefties really well. Um plays amazing defense. He's fast but not really good base runner, so um that part is a bit of a, a question mark in terms of at least being like a, a pinch runner type. You don't know well, if he's best suited for that, but me, I think they're gonna you, go with Pache. Let me let me ask you a question about the Pache spot. And I, I agree that like naturally you would think, you know, it's uh, it's a playoff round, you might want the defense in there. But like what's the fit? Because to me, it seems like if they were gonna go offensive with that starting left field spot, like if they were gonna prioritize offense over everything else. Like you might go Weston Wilson and you might go Brandon Marsh, yeah. but you're not going to go Christian Pache. And if you're going to prioritize the glove, you're going to go with Brandon Marsh. So like, where does Christian Pache find himself into a game? The only spot that I can think of is like a defensive replacement for Wilson. If you get late in the game, but wouldn't that just be Marsh if, if, if he doesn't start and then you could like sub him in for Castellanos, but like, are you going to put Pache in right and take Castellanos out of the game? Who's played a, like passable right field this year yeah. it just doesn't feel like there's a there's an obvious it seems like everybody that of these two bench spots you're gonna spend one of them on a guy who's primarily a left fielder right and a guy who would start if Brandon Marsh does not start but are you gonna use both of those guys on that on that corner outfield spot or are you, are you gonna do I mean I don't know who else that would be because like Jake Cave I don't know if you like if, if, he doesn't if hit. you're gonna he doesn't hit and it's like the Marlins <laughs> are known for their lefty starters and their lefty uh relievers so it's like you're not gonna pinch hit him late in the game but at the same time I don't see many pinch hitting spots in general so it, like it, it, it wouldn't go to wouldn't go to Castro or Pache or Weston Wilson if I don't know it's like you, you you're only really gonna pinch hit in any spot like you're not gonna pinch hit at all for like Real Muto, Harper, Stott, Turner, Bohm, Castellanos, Schwarber, I guess for like Rojas or Weston Wilson. But like, I don't know. I almost feel like they can get by with 11 bench guys. Obviously they need to have 13 because you can't have 13 pitchers. But like Pache just doesn't feel like a fit. Here's here's the case for, for Pache. So they don't, they haven't really started Brandon Marsh against lefties like at all. 
Mm-hmm. And except I, for Sunday, well, maybe he didn't start. I don't. I don't know. But he went deep against the lefty. Now the overall, yeah. the numbers on the season against lefties has not been good. So I, I don't want to make that like a a bigger thing than it is. But I wonder yes. if they were putting him out there in a like test run to see. Okay, you know, so can he hit lefties and then. Yeah. yeah. So also Pache has not hit since he came back from injury. Um, no. I guess the other case is that even if you start, if you start Marsh, um, even against the lefty, but there comes a spot later in a game against a tough lefty reliever, um, you could pinch hit with Wilson, who you would think is probably a better hitter than Pache. But then Weston Wilson has not played a ton of outfield in his life. Um, so then you can put Pache back in to the outfield. And then, mm-hmm. um, sure. So I guess that's a spot because I don't, I just, even if it's not a perfect scenario starting Pache, because like you said, in left field, he's a better defender than Marsh. But at that point, like you would probably just rather Marsh's bat even against a lefty. Um, and the defense is kind of negligible compared to what it would be in center. Yeah. But it's just a, a thing where it's like you're probably never going to play cave at all in this series. So yeah, you might as Harper's, well have Harper's going to start at first base every day in, yeah. the, in, the, in the playoffs. Yes. So you might as well just have Pache because at least he can do more if neither of them are going to hit. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. And I, I mean, at first I was thinking you don't want to use those two bench spots on on left field, but like where else they you know they, like, yeah, I mean, they as don't. i said like they're they're not gonna pull anybody else ever like if they pull real muto it's gonna be stubs you know what i'm saying like there's yeah. i i guess that the situation that you floated is is right where like you pinch hit from marsh with west and wilson and then you want to put pache out and left because like you're not going to pinch hit for castellanos you're not gonna you're not gonna i mean even johan rojas like these days if if you're gonna pinch hit him like if, if they're if they're facing a tough righty, which the Marlins like don't really have, like I, you're I put in. I don't trust Jake Cave to hit over no, over him. No, and then you're it's like if you're gonna pinch hit for Johan Rojas, like if Brandon Marsh is on the bench, there's your pinch hitter. If Weston Wilson is on the bench, maybe there's your 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 pinch hitter. But I mean, those guys can hit righties fine. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is Pache Pache Wilson. I guess. That seems to make the yeah, most sense. Because, Cave and, Cave. And, like, and like you said, you don't want to like spend all your bench spots. And they have Sosa who can play a little bit like all over the yeah. infield. You don't want to spend all your spots on left field, but Wilson is almost being like kind of like shoehorned in a left field in this situation. He's not a natural left fielder. So if there yeah. was some kind of situation where you had injuries in the middle of the game or or whatever it is, like Wilson can move around around the infield. Like he um yeah. he's not played a ton of outfield like he can stand out there but um he's more of an infielder by trade yeah all right why don't we move on to the pitching side i guess we've kind of settled on Pache wilson there for the final two spots um the locks as far as the pitchers go would be wheeler nola suarez sanchez alvarado dominguez hoffman kimbrell soto strom kirkering brings us to 12 Brings us to 11. Sorry, brings us to 11. Uh, as we know, D- Dylan Covey is hurt. So that would be two spots for Taiwan Walker, Michael uh, Lorenzen, Junior Marte. And then, like, I kind of put in parentheses Bilotti Brogdon, but we, we kind of talked about before we started here, they they probably don't find their way onto the wildcard roster. Um, 
I guess yeah. same question. Are those locks right? And are those other three guys for two spots between Walker, Marte, Lorenzen also right? And I guess you could throw Ortiz in the mix. Ortiz um, in the mix, sure. He finished the season on the team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Michael Plasmeyer is probably not in the mix. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's had he's had a very specific role the last two seasons for the Phillies, and he's yeah. done it quite well. He, no, well, he didn't, it didn't look well. <laughs> well, okay. Well means he got through the innings and he threw all the pitches. That doesn't necessarily uh, mean he pitched. I don't know. Last year, I think he was good in that. In he that, was good in last start year. Last year, not, yeah, not as that much was. This year. Oh no, man! He he hit three guys in an inning the other day, and he gave up like three of the longest homers I've ever seen. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for him. It's like. What does Rob Thompson tell him when he when he walks in the clubhouse? He's like, he, you know, these are important innings. This is, and he's like, he he knows what his role no, is, I and think, it's to like have his arm fall off. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think it, like there's something meaningful, not like meaningful. Yeah, sure. It's not, but I think it's like, hey, like we re- like we need you to give us some some length. Like it'll really help the team going into the playoffs. And I think you could take pride in that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you probably have to give more than like three and two thirds, like he gave the other day. But anyway, we don't have to talk about Michael Plasmeyer anymore. I, I just think it's going to be Lorenzen and and Walker. Yeah, um, me too. Neither of them can start a playoff game. If either of them start a playoff game, I like don't even know what I would say because it just can't happen. I think Taiwan Walker might start at some point, but it just it can't happen. But I think for many reasons because of. Lorenzen being able to pitch in a couple different roles and different situations. And because Taiwan Walker was in your rotation all year, he's on a big contract um, for multiple years and his spot. He like, he's probably one of the last pitchers used in a wild card series and the spot barely matters. Um, it's probably just going to be those two guys. I don't even think we have to spend a ton of time on their roster spots. I think it's pretty locked in for the most part. No, yeah. I think I think whoever you were I think I think uh Lorenzen has looked good enough in the pen, like in the two or three appearances that they've had him there, where like that's enough to get you in when these are the options. Um and then I think I think Walker, whoever would make it in over over him would be like the last guy in, in the pen. He probably wouldn't even throw in a best of three or a playoff game at all. Like that guy's not gonna pitch enough or if he does well enough to make it worth like, it is true. Taiwan Walker is here for three more years. As much as it is annoying to be like, Oh, it's only the big name in the contract that gets him in. It's like, sometimes that's just how it, how it works. Right. You sign a big contract. If, unless like if they could, if they could replace Taiwan Walker with like Orion Kirkering, like if the, if the decision came down to them, then you have a different conversation on your hands. But I just think it's, there's no reason to, you know, keep him on the on the roster because you're not going to get anything in place of him that would be worthwhile at all. The also, one thing I will say, sorry. No, also with uh, with Kobe being on the injury list, there's no kind of like designated multi inning yeah. mop up man or long, not even long man. Like they don't they don't have somebody could, that can do what Kyle Gibson did last year and just like, oh yeah, yeah. give us like give us like two three innings in a blowout either way, um, like. Walker could do that for you. Yeah. So in 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 back-to-back years, your two guys in that role are gonna be your like primary trade deadline acquisition of the year prior, and then uh 72 million dollar contract. So 
But anyway, yeah, I think it's going to be Taiwan Walker. Um, I will say I've I've heard a lot of people, including you now, be like, he can't start a playoff game. That would be terrible. I, I don't think he's going to start a playoff game. Like, they don't need a, a number four starter until game four of the NLCS. And even if they do, like, you have Wheeler Nola starting games, and then you have Ranger Suarez, you have Christopher Sanchez. Like, Tywin Walker's not going to get a start over any of them, especially in a playoff it's just, game It's where... just, like, the weirdness in which, like, Thompson has been, like, they gave Sanchez a look out of the bullpen. And even though he's, like, pitched better than anyone on the team, not named Zach Wheeler, for, like, most of the season... And just the weirdness in which they're like, yeah, like, you know, we haven't ruled him out for a playoff start, but like, we're going to throw him in the bullpen near the end of the season to see how it goes. Like, if you were like giving out these starts based on merit, like Christopher Sanchez would be a lock to start. You'd be a lock. All he, all he has done the entire summer now into like the start of the fall is pitch well. Um, it's just like the unwillingness to just say he's going to be a starter even though he's been your second best starter for most of the year is what gives me like uncertainty about what they're going to do yeah i think the the christopher sanchez situation is interesting i think that they they're going to want one of him and ranger suarez in the like ranger role you know yeah because having them both start i don't know i I think that's it that's a that's a good thing to have in the pen well i guess th- what the ranger role is is like pen and start starting rotation yes. so yeah. so but i just think like the best guy hmm, who do you think would be the best guy for the quote ranger role i have a pick i'm gonna i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ranger i'm gonna go, go ranger suarez yeah and if if that means that they like that he's not like a a set starter per se then like seems to leave Christopher Sanchez as the other guy. So I don't know. I think, I think if it like, let's say the wildcard series goes three, I think unless Christopher Sanchez pitched a lot in game two, well, I I don't know. I take all that back because Ranger might be needed out of the pen in games one or two, or maybe Christopher Sanchez is like a multi-inning guy after, after Nola in game one or after Wheeler, uh, sorry, Nola in game two, or even Wheeler in game one, depending on on what happens. So they're going to, they're going to play it by ear. But I think like if, if it was all equal, I think Sanchez gets that started. You definitely go to Ranger in the pen at some point. But yeah, that yeah. Why don't we why don't we move on from roster stuff? Seems like we both agree that it'll be Lorenzen and Walker, and I think it's the right moves. Honestly, I mean they they could put like Marte in there, but what are they getting out of that spot? Um, cool. Let's get into some of the matchups. How they match up against the Marlins. Um, we can sort of walk through probable pitchers and who they're going to be facing and who they're going to be throwing out there and all the stuff. So looks like game one, we've got Jesus Lazardo versus Zach Wheeler game two, Braxton Garrett versus Aaron Nola game three TBD versus TBD. I'm going to guess Christopher Sanchez, maybe Ranger Suarez versus Edward Cabrera. Um, Marlins this year have been kind of known for their pitching because their offense is not good. Um, known, as well for the four lefties that they have at the back of the bullpen that make that a somewhat formidable group, especially for a team with a a lot of good left-handed batters. Um, You know, they're not, they're not flashy. They're kind of pesky. Um, They were minus 56 in the run differential column this year. 
you know, 184 games, but they're 18 and 10 in their last 28. We we know what the Marlins are. They've been annoying. They've been a thorn in the Phillies side for the last several years. Um, this year would be one of those two. They've outscored them by nine runs, but they're six and seven against the Marlins. So um, should we go like position by position? Should we go starter by starter in terms of game one, game two? How How do you want to tackle this tie? Let's let's go with the pitching first. I think it's important to note that the Marlins' best two starters probably are injured yes, right now: Sandy course. Alcantara and and Yuri Perez. Um, they're not pitching right now. They're both on the injured list. Um, it looked like uh, Sandy was trying to make a bit of a comeback or um, was on a rehab assignment, and his injury flared back up, so he's not going to be ready. Um, which is, I don't know, that's a help for the Phillies and unfortunate for the Marlins because both of those guys are good. Obviously, Sandy Alcantara has not been as good this year as last year, but um, him, he, he and Perez uh, are like top of the rotation kind of guys, and um, the Phillies are not going to be seeing them. They're seeing pitchers that are uh, talented and, and good, but not quite of that caliber um so yeah why don't we why don't we get into the head-to-head matchups on, on the pitching side if you want to go ahead sure yeah game one uh Lazardo versus Wheeler I think the Phillies have the edge there Lazardo, uh 363 ERA on the season his last seven starts to end the regular season he was at 261 um high velo guy strikes out a ton doesn't walk a crazy amount um Against the Phillies in April, he went six innings, eight hits, three runs, three earned. And then in July against them, he went 6.1, four hits, two runs, two earned. Um, you know, we know what he is. He's 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 good, obviously lefty. Um, yeah. But I think Zach Wheeler, I, I think you got to give him the edge there in game one. Yes, definitely. Braxton Garrett versus Nola in game two. Braxton Garrett, 366 on the season, 256 in his last 11 starts. Doesn't strike out a ton of guys. He's going to sit like right around 90, 91, maybe top out at 92. Um, even in that span where he had a 256 in his last 11 starts, he only struck out 6.8 per nine in that span. Um, he made two starts against the Phillies as well this year. Each of them the exact same, five innings pitch, six hits, three runs, all of them earned. Nola, we know what his season has been. It's been up and down. It's been a lot of downs, but it ended on an up, if you will. He had effective starts against the Braves and the Pirates to close things out. Um, Obviously, polar opposites from an offensive standpoint, but Nola was good against both of them. There was some conversation like, should he get the start? Should he not? I I think it's still up for debate, but I think the way that he pitched in the last couple starts um, sort of cooled that that debate a bit. yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough matchup. I think that it's pretty even. Um, maybe like slight edge Miami, just the way that that he's been pitching. But um, yeah, well, I don't know. What do you got? What 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 do you make of that of that matchup? Ty? Yeah, I don't. Nola has his last couple starts have been very good, but I still think like the body of work um, goes to show you this happened at the end near the end of August too, where Nola put together a couple of really good starts and it fell apart again. And for a little bit, um, if I had to pick like which one of these guys would, if I had a team, which one of these guys this year, would I rather have pitching for me? Um, it's probably, I think I'd probably go Garrett. So 
if Nola goes out and he pitched, you know, seven innings, one run with eight strikeouts, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world. But I think you kind of have to go with the the body of work this year. And I, I, I agree. I'm going to go slight edge Miami. I'm going to go slight edge Miami in a game that the Phillies win at the end. I think that's my prediction. So a little insider info here for the audience. I'm on one of those Zoom plans that Max is out after 40 minutes. Um, Ty just wrapped up his last point about game two with like three seconds to spare. So that was incredibly clutch. But here we are on a new Zoom link. Anyway, let's get into game three. <laughs> um, Edward Cabrera feels like the guy for the Marlins. And then, I don't know, it seems like if if Ranger Suarez isn't needed out of the pan in games one or two, he probably is going to start game three. But whether it's him or Christopher Sanchez, um, Edward Edward Cabrera has been kind of a thorn in the Philly side as well. Like the kind of whole team has been. Um, yeah. This season, it's been a little rocky for him. Four twenty four on, on the season um, hasn't given you a ton of of length. Um, I wouldn't say like opener because he usually goes like three or four innings at least. But he's only gone six innings three or three times on the, on the season. Faced the Phillies twice, three innings, two runs, five innings, two runs. Walks a lot of guys, strikes out a lot of guys. Um, edge Phillies, slight edge here, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think... Maybe, maybe, maybe not even slight. Maybe, maybe firm edge for the Phillies in this one. Yeah, I think I think you can trust Ranger Suarez in a playoff game. I know it's been he's been like inconsistent at times, and his stuff hasn't quite looked like it's it's best um, all the time. I don't know. I think Ranger Suarez is the kind of guy you can just trust in a playoff game. They they give you something solid, and he'll be good for you in whatever role you uh, you throw him into. So I'm with you. I'm thinking I'm thinking Phillies there. He kind of ended the season on a on a really weird note. Like he was walking a ton of guys, which he doesn't normally do. Um, yeah, got like got ro- numbers... got rocked in the uh, got rocked in like the hangover. Oh, the day. hangover game. Oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. But he did that last year too. He did that. Yeah, they, yeah. they they came they came back this year. Last year they just got they just got rocked. Yeah, that game rocked. By the way, the Stubbs homer. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, yeah, he's been walking a ton of guys. Oh, maybe not a ton. A lot of guys more than he normally walks, but it's like, he kind of, you look up at the end of the day and the numbers in terms of the hits and the runs, is like not that bad, except for the hangover game. He kind of did that. Like in um, the NLDS last year against the Braves, he, he was, he, he, he looked kind of like shaky, which is weird for him because he doesn't really get shaken very much. He yeah. did that thing where he walks some guys, but then it's like, you know, he the, the the calm heartbeat came back into play. I'm remembering yeah. the strikeout against Travis Darno. Was it Danzy Swanson or Travis Darno? Dar- Travis Travis Darno. Swanson was the big double play, I think. But Darno yeah, was a strikeout, right. and he got and he got that's right. Yeah. So I'm gonna expect more of the same from him until he proves me in a playoff start. Otherwise, but yeah, I think the Phillies, uh, game by game, you know, I think they, I I would give them the edge in games one and three. Maybe Miami slight edge in game two, but I think overall the Phillies have an edge in the starting rotation because obviously, as yeah. you said, they're missing their two best arms, which is going to hurt you no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, lineups, uh, however they want to configure this. The Marlins have a lot of like, this guy might play against righties, but if he plays, then this guy will play. But if he doesn't, then this other guy will play. And this guy can play third, but he can also play center. So my 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 best guess, I'll, I'll give my my best guess and then this a lot of this hinges on 
the health of the batting champion, uh, Luis Arias, who sprained his ankle recently and is probable to play for the playoffs, but he didn't play over the weekend. So I guess it's still a question mark, but I'll walk through it with the best like predictions, what I've been, been, been reading yeah. who they've generally been going with um, at catcher, Nick Fortes versus JT real Muto. Um, it's at home edge Fortes. <laughs> Uh, probably go real muto. Probably go real muto there, of course. Yeah, it would be nice. It'd be nice for the Phillies if um he would hit. Um, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, edge, edge, JT real there. Muto. Yes. Um, yeah, Fortes is like I think sub six hundred in the OPS column this year. So, mm-hmm. first base, Bryce Harper versus Josh Bell. This is the second straight postseason where we've throwing out Bryce Harper at a really odd position. Like last year he was the DH and, and we were like, whoa, we're talking about Harper as the DH against the other teams, which was Albert Pujols in the wildcard round. It's all, yeah. it's all coming back, but this one Harper's going to be at first um, versus Josh Bell. Who's kind of like, you know, obviously switch hitter, but he hits way better against lefties. So like, I guess there's a question. Yuli Gurriel is the other guy who could play first, but I think they're probably going to go with Josh Bell because it's the Phillies. So Harper mm-hmm. versus Bell, let's say. Um, you go with Harper, but Bell's a little bit of a, a Philly killer. What yeah. if he did he he tied NLCS game five last year with a double off Sir Anthony? Um, oh, bef- before and then before they Beth took the lead, the they took the lead on a wild pitch. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, that was the game where Sir Anthony threw three wild pitches for the first time in his career because the yeah. ball was like slit, like it was pouring. Yes. Yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah, Edge Edge Harper here. Yeah. Edge Harper, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Second base, Bryson Stott, Luis uh Arias, let's say he's healthy. Um, if it's not, maybe one. like yeah. John John Birdie, but like I don't know, Luis Arias just won the batting title. Bryson Stott's yeah. had a had a great season, but you know. Yeah. Luis Arias. Yep. John Birdie at short versus Trey Turner. Um, ask me on August first. Maybe we have a conversation, but yep. right now, Trey Turner. Yep. Alec Bohm versus Jake Berger at third. I love Jake Berger. Like, I don't yeah. know. I well, as soon as they the 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 Marlins traded, I think they traded Eater for Berger for for Jake uh Jake Berger at the at the deadline. Like I think that was the trade, which was just awesome for the content. Um, but I, I don't know. As soon as I saw that trade, I was like, that's gonna be a really Nice trade. They didn't give up a ton for him, and he was like raking with the Chicago White Sox. Um, I I'm a big Jake Berger fan. Alec Bohm's had a great season; just hit his 20th homer. Um, Berger has 34 homers this year. Yeah, he, dude, he he rakes. He yeah. rakes. He's he's good. Um, I'm gonna give yeah. I'm gonna give Jake Berger the edge. It yeah, is. I don't think it's series, close. Alec I don't Bohm. think it's close. I don't think it's close. But I mean. Eh. Sure. I don't think it's close, but that's more of a compliment to, to Jake Berger than a knock on Alec Bohm. Uh Okay, left field. Brandon Marsh slash Weston Wilson. Uh, we kind of just talked about it, but whoever those might be against Brian De La Cruz. Um, I would give Marsh the edge, but I would give De La Cruz the edge over Wilson. I don't know. What do you say? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the Phillies kind of platoon over De La Cruz. He's like a he's like a replacement level player. I think the Phillies have enough um, out of that kind of platoon, whichever way they go, um, 
that they they'll get a little bit more than replacement value, even though it's a short series. But um, I'm I'm gonna go the Philly side, Marsh or Pache or however they go. Center field, Johan Rojas versus Jazz Chisholm. Obviously, transitioned from shortstop to center field this season. He's actually played pretty well out there for outs above average in center this year yeah. for Jazz Chisholm. Um, I think, be, like, if the case was Rojas, it would be the glove. But like, the glove for Jazz Chisholm has been good enough that I think overall edge you give you give to Jazz there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you. I think you go Jazz. Right field, Jesus Sanchez versus Nick Castellanos. Uh, Castellanos? I don't know. Probably, but like... Slight edge? Do you like... Do you have confidence in Castellanos like in a, in a playoff series to not just like swing at every slider in the dirt? Like, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. He's He was good in, in September, kind of ended the season. Like, the last three or four games was not like his best, but he overall, he was pretty hot in the month of September. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I I mean, part of me wanted to say like when I, when I got to October last year, he kind of turned it on, but that was really only for game one of the NLDS. And then it was more of the same yeah. 2022 Castellanos, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I can, I'm going to go slight edge. You could, you could go push there, but yeah, I'll go push. I'll go yeah. Push. Yeah. And then Jorge Soler, former World Series MVP, versus Kyle Schwarber at designated hitter. Jorge Soler hit 36 homers this year, which is yeah good. Kyle Schwarber hit 47, so yeah, yep, easy. Mark. Yeah, Schwarber, yeah. Schwarber field, uh, Schwarber. Not that this is some novel take. Like he had like the 2016 World Series, and he had so many big homers last year. Just feels like when it gets to October, like Kyle Schwarber is gonna gonna give you his best. Like, yeah. it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, feels like a game one uh, leadoff homer type of guy type of situation here. That would be um, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, other guys who could also play for Miami, Xavier Edwards could find his way in at at second base if Arias is not healthy. Jacob Stallings could be catching, but I think Fortes has kind of been the personal catcher for for uh, each of the Marlins' first two starters, and then Garrett Hampson could be at shortstop in place of John Birdie, but I don't know if it really changes the uh, positional matchups, no, if you, if you really. will. Um, and then let's let's go to the bullpen, the Phillies bullpen. We kind of know what it what it what it looks like. We're gonna play a little game about the Phillies bullpen in a in a few minutes. But, All right. Um, Three hundred and sixty earn run average on the season. I know it's not like the best stat for like the bullpen you know, efficiency or effectiveness as a whole on the season. That was seventh in MLB. They actually threw the fewest innings in all of baseball in the regular season, which I found mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Miami bullpen, 434 earned run average, 20th in MLB. They were 11th in innings pitched. But their thing is kind of they have a bunch of lefties who can get a bunch of outs at the back end of the bullpen. Uh, Tanner Scott, Andrew Nardi, A.J. Puck, who I thought the Phillies should have drafted first overall back in 2016 when it was draft season, but um, whatever. Steven Okert is the other of those four lefties. Um, and then the rest of the bullpen is going to be David Robertson, former <laughs> friend, uh, JT, let me get this right, Chargois, Huascar uh, Brazobon, and then George Soriano and Johnny Cueto, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the Phillies bullpen, obviously we know what it looks like. Um, as I said, we're gonna we're gonna play a game, but I don't know. I think the 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 lefties at the back of the Marlins bullpen kind of like 
I would say I'm like slightly scared of that group and like emphasis on the slightly because Harper can hit lefties. Stock can hit lefties. Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber, yeah. I mean, the batting average isn't high, but like when is it high? And then Brandon Marsh, like obviously kind of struggles against lefties, but um, he doesn't feel completely helpless out there against them. And like, you know, we just saw the homer a couple days ago or yesterday. Um he might not even get that at bat. I, I I think those four lefties are good, are are intimidating because they're good, not necessarily because they're gonna like, you know, wreak havoc on the Phillies lefties, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Makes so I'll sense. go like slight edge for the Phillies there, but I could see them being a, a pain. A thorn in the side uh, is yeah. a common well, the theme Phillies, for this team. The Phillies, though, they have some question marks. I think Kimbrell is a big question mark right now. Sir Anthony is a little bit of a question mark, but um the big one is that Alvarado looks like He's himself again. Um, so I think that's the, uh, the Phillies, I think, have the best reliever in the series, if not the best reliever um, in the entire playoff bracket when Alvarado's at his best. Okay, perfect segue. This is this is the game. So we're going to go through the Phillies bullpen, and we're going to draft. Let's say the situation is you need three outs. It's the top of the ninth, game one, game three, whatever. It's, it's, it's tied. The best of three is tied, however you want to say it is. Um, you need three outs. You need to keep the score tied going into the bottom of the ninth. Cause once you have the lead and it's like a save situation that it brings up a whole different set of, you know, politics in there. Yeah. Like, Oh, this guy's a yeah. closer. Okay. You need three outs games tied. I want us to draft like, who's your guy. Whether is it a it's clean, clean inning? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a clean inning lefty righty. They're all ambidextrous, whatever. Right. Just, you need three guys. Who are your top three? Who, who, Sorry, you need one guy, three outs. Who's your guy? You get the first pick. Jose Alvarado. Okay, I'm going to pick Jeff Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, so where do where do Sanchez and Suarez fall into this? Um, they, they're, they already threw. They started, let's say. Okay, so they don't count. Yeah. Ooh, this is, now, now this gets tough. There's a um, there's an end game to this to this conversation. Like I don't think we'll get to all eight if that makes sense. I'll I'll yeah. I'll spoil it when we get there. Um, really, I think this pick's kind of obvious. Do you think it's Kimbrel? Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's Kimbrel. I I don't trust him right now. But did I don't know? Did you see the the whatever inning he threw on Saturday? He like, yeah. struck out the side, fifteen pitches. He looked good. All right, I'll go I'll go Kimbrel. I'll go Kimbrel. Plus, if if you want to do the whole like postseason thing, I don't know. He's the most experienced guy out of that group. Okay, fourth pick. Thing. Fourth pick. Um, I'm going to take. I'm going to take. Hmm. It's the one who pitched this segment. I should have had this more, but it is a tough pick for the fourth spot. Uh, okay, I'm going to yeah. go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Perhaps irrationally, Gregory Soto. Gregory Soto. Are you I just, serious? I don't know. I feel like I feel like like <laughs> for the amount for the for the like rate at which he's gotten the job done, which is like not that high, relatively speaking. I have a weird amount of trust in him. Like, I don't know when he's on, he might be the second pick of this whole group. I got I got I got Matt Strom next. Matt Strom next. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My next pick is going to be. Really, Strom above above Dominguez. Okay, yeah. my next pick is going to be. 
Um, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Sir Anthony Dominguez. All right. I'm taking a look at the roster. I think left. You have you have Walker Lorenzen. I think I'm going uh, to Ryan Kirkering. Okay. So okay. So okay. You kind of spoiled the segment. I thought you were gonna pick him fifth. And I thought we were going to do a whole conversation about like, is Orion Kirkering your like fifth best option out of, out of the pen? Meaning like, it's kind of crazy that it's gotten to that point. Like he started the yeah. season in, in low A and he's been up here for a, a week. He was the seventh pick. So I guess it like has less packs, less of a punch, but Still. let's do the Orion Kirkering thing. Cause he seems like he's going to be a part of the playoff picture and he's looked pretty good. He wasn't like dominant in on Sunday against the Mets or Saturday against the Mets, but like, I mean, you see what the stuff is. It's like 99, 100 with like the nastiest, nastiest slider, slider in the yeah. sport. So I can see him like having some big appearances, like ha- having them having them ask him to get some some huge outs. And like, yeah, he went seventh in our draft, but I could I think you can make a case as high as like fourth after yeah. after Alvarado, Hoffman, Kimbrell. Yeah. And like and, you know, you had it like. Um, we weren't picking handedness and stuff. Like, yeah, there are spots where, like, if Kim, you want to, I don't know, where if you don't want to go with Kimbrel or Hoffman for whatever reason, and it's like a pack of righties, like, you might want to go with Kirkering, um, depending yeah. on the spot. And it is, the ascent is, like, pretty unheard of. Um, I think where, where, where it's going to get interesting is, like, he's never pitched on back-to-back days. Mm. Um, and obviously there are going to be back-to-back games coming up yeah where um like maybe he's needed but yeah it's it's going to be interesting how much they trust him because the stuff is there and he seems to be a kind of guy who can handle a challenge but it also is tough to have a guy who's pitched what three two three games in the majors yeah. Yeah. Uh, who started the year with in the Florida State League and be like, yeah, like, go pitch in the sixth inning of a playoff game, like in, at Citizens Bank Park, like have at it. Uh, seems like he's the kind of guy who can do it, but still, it's a pretty crazy and a pretty big ask of somebody in his spot. Yeah, it is, which is like why I don't think he's gonna like they're not gonna, you know, one run game, two run game, trying to close out a playoff round. Like I, they're not gonna put him up for the save there. But like. I don't know. You're, you're, you have three games back to back to back. Like you figure the starters are going to have a short leash just because that's how October is. If if you're going to be using, you know, three or four, maybe even five guys at night, like he's going to, he's going to be tasked with some important outs unless they were to like blow them out in one of these games or blow yeah. them out in game three. But like, yeah, pretty in, incredible. And I think the, the late call up is sort of like speaks to, they know what they know what the stuff is like they have all the data on the stuff and they know that like it's hard to hit a slider that breaks 18 inches in you know the last yeah. like five feet of movement like yeah. so i don't know i think they they kind of they 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 brought him up to see you know get him some some his his feet wet at the major league level but like i think they're kind of ready to just say you know yeah Again, not like your top guy, it, but yeah. yeah, have at it. So anyway, yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I will say I like the Strom pick. I think Strom's even, even higher if there's 
uh, men on base because he does. He seems to. Yeah, really him, well and, in those him, him and uh, and Hoffman are just yeah. able to. I don't know. Go into those spots. Get out of jams. Um, yeah, Jeff Hoffman has just been crazy good this year. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. He has, and he's been crazy too because he'll he'll also he's also good for a walk or two every time he throws you know a like one full inning. But like he yeah. walks a guy, he walks the leadoff guy, and he the guy ends ends the inning at first base. So it's uh, it's what what's funny is like you look at Bellotti last year, and it's like wow, like this guy. Like one of the best strikeout pitchers um in the in the NL last year. Like they really found like this guy out of nowhere, like and was really good. Like, you know, how are they gonna find somebody like that again? And yeah, he's had Hoffman's had more major league experience, but still, like just out of nowhere, he's even better than Bellotti was last year. He's been yeah. one of the better oh, relievers yeah. in the sport. Um yeah. for like a good portion of this season. Yeah, he's been awesome. And he is a guy like, you know, I said with uh Kirkering, they're not going to have him, you know, pick up a save if they need it. Like they're going to, they're going to do that with Jeff Hoffman. Like they, they, they trust yeah. him. He, he trust was, fi- he of... was fired up in that, uh, in the clincher in that inning yeah. he got out of. Um, he's, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the playoffs because I think he's going to, I think he's going to do really well. Let's talk lineup. Um, are they going to do the Harper cleanup thing? Again, they did it last year and it was so infuriating because it was like that's not where he should be hitting. I don't know. I was like, Oh, so sounds like you, sounds like you didn't want him up uh, in that situation in game five of the NLCS. Yeah, exactly. He's the last guy <laughs> you, you you would want up in that spot. Um I was you, you wanted I was him only to... you wanted him to only tie the game. You didn't want Rio up before him. Exactly, exactly. You get <laughs> it. Um, so I was trying to fall asleep last night, but I couldn't because I was thinking about the lineup. And I was like, are they going to do the Harper cleanup thing? And the more I thought about it, Marlins have a ton of lefties. They're going to start a lefty in games one and two. Their bullpen's known for the lefties. Harper can hit lefties. Kyle Schwarber can handle them too. But like, I don't know if it doesn't make a ton of sense to do the Harper cleanup thing again, like they did last year, just for the wild card series. They can change their lineup whenever they want. But like they- just for this round. I can't. I, I maybe I should have looked this up, um, but I didn't quite know you would be getting into this this question. I didn't really even think of it. Did they do this before the playoffs last year, or only when the playoffs started? I feel like they were doing it. I I, I feel like when he came back from the IL, he was yeah. hitting cleanup. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Then I would think probably not if they haven't been doing it already. So what? So so Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Alabom, Bryson, Stott, six, Real Muto, seven, Castellanos, eight, Marsh slash Wilson, nine, Roja. Yeah, I think probably something like that. Yeah, like Bohm fourth doesn't exactly like inspire a ton of confidence. Like, I disagree. I think he's been great in that spot. I, I I don't I don't think you need the like forty homer guy to be hitting cleanup anymore in the modern game and the way that their that their lineup works it's like boom with runners in, in you know on base he's he's been awesome I I think he's good for that spot fair enough fair enough but yeah, yeah it's I not like if you need go. a homer yeah but like why like why not do the Harper cleanup thing like just I just I think, just I to think play like the devil's advocate I'm not I'm not saying I necessarily think that they should but like. If there was ever a time to do it, I don't know. Yeah, I just think I don't even disagree, but I think 
um if they if they were gonna do it they would have done it already if that makes sense yeah yeah sure yeah like they did last year yeah yeah okay you want to get into you want to get into some predictions what as we wrap this up anything else yes yes and i want to go around the league too because i think there are some interesting matchups but we'll start with the task at hand um i've got the phillies in three i think the phillies take game one i think they lose game two and it's not because like it's nola he's been terrible this year they need to get him off the team don't even give him the qualifying offer but i just like i don't know it's The thing about the Marlins lineup, like it doesn't scare me, but the thing that does kind of stand out is they have a lot of guys who are kind of like a boom or bust kind of guy where they're not going to get three hits a game, but they could hit a big homer. Like Soler's that guy. Uh, De La Cruz is that guy. Jesus Sanchez is that guy. And then, as you said, Jake Berger hit like, what, 30-something homers. So I think that like if they're going to steal a game, it's going to be because of of the long ball against nola in game two would be the game to make that happen and then like if nola doesn't go super deep who's going to come in christopher sanchez probably who he's been great but where he's kind of struggled he hasn't struggled with much this year but where he has run into some trouble is with the long ball so i could see game two playing out where the marlins hit like two or three homers that add up to like five or six runs maybe and then like the soft tossing lefty who has been like good, but kind of under the radar is feels like the kind of guy that they struggle against. So I don't know. I'm going to go. I think, I think the Marlins win game two, um, but I think they get to Cabrera game three Suarez pitches well, and it's tough to win two out of three at a, in front of a, on the road yeah. in front of a CBP October crowd. And I don't think that yeah. the Marlins will. So I've got the Phillies in three. I th- I got the Phillies. I got the Phillies in two. I I said it earlier. I think I think Zach Wheeler is going to give you uh give you like a vintage Zach Wheeler kind of performance uh, the way he did for most yeah. of last October. Um, I think game two the I think the Marlins are going to get out to a lead and the Phillies Phillies are going to get to David Robertson and late in the game and they're going to have a comeback. There it win. is. There and it is. Gonna we be, talked about it. It's going to be. It's gonna be one of the signature like wins in in Philly's history. They're gonna they're gonna have a comeback against David Robertson. Um, they're gonna make David Robertson the new Jonathan Broxton, and and they're gonna lead a comeback um, and take the series. And I'm gonna come on this podcast and say I was right, and that you said David Robertson was gonna shut them down. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, did I did use the phrase. He's gonna get some huge outs in a wild card series against the Phillies, which uh I don't see yeah. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So Phillies in two, Phillies in three. Yeah. Let me do, do let me do let me do a or... quick yeah let me give a quick a quick Phillies thought I've been I've been thinking about and uh I don't want to you know what I don't want to do it. It's 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 too much of a jinx. I will text it. I will text you my thought. Okay fine. Right. Fine fine. The first round, the Phillies should win. They're the superior team. They're at home, right? I think they're going to win that round. Yeah. The NLCS, and and I'll tell you why I skipped over the Braves. The NLCS, I think if they play the Dodgers, I've honestly never been more intimidated, less intimidated by a 100-win team ever. Uh, Their pitching is in shambles. Like, their offense is obviously stacked, but 
I think I, I, I honestly think whoever the Dodgers play in the NLCS, unless it's the Marlins, like would beat them in four or five games. Um, and I think that the Brewers, who I think that they would play in the NLCS because they have them beating the Dodgers, um, are built very strongly for a three-game series. I'm not sure about a seven-game series. I think once yeah. the rounds get get longer and longer, you need more and more offense, which the Brewers, I don't think, have. Yeah. Get to the World Series. There is a chance, unless they play Houston, if they get there, unless they play the Astros, they will be the more experienced team because they just went on that run and that gives you a ton of experience last year. The Orioles don't have any. The Twins don't have any, except for like, Carlos Correa, but he's like the only guy and he's hitting 190 this year or something like that. Um, the the Rangers don't have any, the Rays don't have any, and the Blue Jays don't have any. So unless they play Houston, they're going to be the more experienced team. Whether they're 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 the best team, they might not be. Um, there are a few of those teams who are better, but I think when you're the more experienced team in a playoff round, that always at least gives you a chance. Even if you're not the favorite, it gives you a chance. So yeah, the wild card round, they should get through. The NLCS, I think the matchups play out in their favor. The Fall Classic, they're going to be the more experienced team. It's just the Braves. They've just, like, it feels like, I, I get, this is why I don't want to jinx it, because it's like, get through the Braves and they can win the whole thing. But that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Like, yeah. this, yeah. again, this might come back to bite me, because they might lose. It's a, it's a, it's a best of three. They might not even play the Braves. It's a best of three. You never know what's going to happen. But it just feels like the toughest in, individual round that they're going to play all playoffs if they were to go the whole way would be the NLDS against the Braves. Yeah. Right. I, I'm yes, I'm with you. And I think it would be funny if, what if like, if it was similar to the nineties where it's like in the nineties, yeah. Like the Braves got their one championship and they got their one championship a, a few years ago. Now, wouldn't it be funny if the Braves were just like the best team every year and they won the division every year and they just like, couldn't it beat the Phillies? Wouldn't that be like pretty funny? Like it not even doesn't even have to be the Phillies every year, but just like like last year it happens, and if it happens this year, and then again in two years, like the Braves, they just win like a hundred games every year. They always they run the NL East, and then it's like oh, like they're afraid of the Philadelphia Phillies because like I, like they have star power in a way that they do also, and like. They don't might not be like this well-oiled machine the way the Braves are, but when it comes down to it, like the Phillies have have the star player never, who can yeah. show up. Yeah, that'd be pretty yeah. funny. I think there's a chance it happens. I do too. I do too. They even said, I think it was um, Snicker even said, like, I don't want to play that team. Yeah, People, guys don't say that. Mm-hmm. They don't say that. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah, definitely. Anyway. That was my thing. I, I was like thinking about it round round by round, and I'm like, just get through the Braves. Like, obviously yeah. they have to do the rest, and they could lose any of those rounds. Like the 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 Brewers still have a bunch of arms. The Dodgers are still the Dodgers. The Marlins are pesky, and then whoever they play in the World Series is gonna just have gotten to the World Series, and they're gonna be good. But it's like, feels like they can win every round, including the Braves. But I feel like the Braves will yeah. be the toughest. I'm with you. You want to do? All right. Yeah, I just spoiled one of my picks. Um, let's go to the other wild card series. Um, we'll we'll get Brewers Diamondbacks out of the way because I gave mine away. I've got the Brewers in three, but I think that's going to be a really good series. Yeah, I got the I got the Brewers in three. The Diamondbacks are good. Yeah, 
and yeah. and if they had if they were game one get uh Zach Gallon game two Merrill Kelly, it'll be different. I think it's, it's different, it's but way. it's like game one Brandon fought, and yeah, that means that that uh, that uh Kelly's gonna throw game three, but it's gonna be against like Freddie Peralta, who's like their number three, mm-hmm. which is absurd. So yeah, uh Brewers and three. Okay. Rangers Rays. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rangers. Uh, I'm gonna in two. Rangers in two. So yeah. entering Sunday, the Rangers were my pick to win the AL pennant, and after oh. Sunday, they are my pick to get bounced in the first round. Because what they did, the way that they choked away the West. Um, why do the Astros? It feels like the Astros have this like magic aura that like makes everybody else around them lose when they need them to, even if they're not yeah. playing against the Astros. <laughs> so that's kind of annoying. Um, the what the Rangers did over the weekend was I think they threw Avaldi on Friday, Andrew Heaney on Saturday, and then I think Dunning on Sunday. Like their three mm-hmm. best pitchers, they threw out there trying to win the West as they should. Um, and because because they still needed to to make the playoffs, like they didn't make the wrong call there at all. But like they just burned through their three best guys and. Now they have to go play the Rays who won 99 games and are fully rested and have a bunch of starters and a bunch of good relievers and can hit. I don't know. Feels like a feels like a raise in two to me. Fair enough. Um twins blue jays. This one, I don't know. Apparently it's supposed to be like super hot in Minnesota for these games. I saw like 85, not like super hot. Like Minnesota in October is supposed to be like eighty five degrees. That really? is nothing. That has nothing to do with like the outcome. But I just saw that earlier. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Twins in three. I think the home field advantage is is gonna it's gonna play a part there. Me too. I think the Twins are gonna go to the ALCS. Wow. I like I like I like the Twins. I think they can pitch. Um, I think they are. They're good. Like they've been playing good ball over the last month yeah. or so. It's just like nobody notices because they're in the AL Central, which is fair. Like I, yeah. I haven't been talking about the Twins, but <laughs> yeah, I got I got Twins in three. Um, that I think is going to do it. We we're we we're going to do Gabe Kapler talk, but I don't think anybody really cares at this point because the Phillies yeah. are in the wild card series. Um, I'll just say he shouldn't have been fired and then leave it at that. Um, you have to, to give a, a guy good players if you yes bold bold predictions let's yeah. you are you you will always have some good ones you start yeah you you want me to start yes yes all right well i kind of i kind of did mine a little bit um but i think they're gonna have a comeback against against david robertson um as for bold predictions let's say let's say that Johan Rojas hits a triple in his first postseason games. Nice. nice. Off the nice. let's say, let's say he shoots one, he shoots one to right center, takes a funny kick, uh, and he legs out a triple. Nice. I like it. I like it. That that opposite field homer he hit the other day was mm-hmm. like. I mean, I've never been more shocked in my life. He's good. <laughs> I didn't know he had opposite field power in him. Yeah. Um, I think Brandon Marsh homers off a lefty. I don't know which lefty that is. I don't even know if he necessarily starts against a lefty, but I think he finds himself in a game somehow against a lefty because the Phillies are going to say, we like him more than anybody else we have on the bench. We like him more than Weston Wilson, even in a big spot against a lefty. And I think he takes him deep. 
Not, I like I like that. It doesn't sound as bold as I think it is. Like, yeah, maybe you're right. No, 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 no. It like it doesn't sound that bold, but I think it is like more bold than people realize. Like he doesn't oh, face oh, lefties. Yeah. Like, they don't no. let him face lefties that much, and he hasn't been great against them. And in a playoff, yeah. in a playoff appearance, like that would be that would be big. Him homering off a lefty. Yeah, yeah. Wheeler takes a no hitter into the seventh. Ooh, okay. I just thought of that one on the spot. I don't know. I I I think you're right. We're gonna get a a, a vintage vintage Zach Wheeler performance on yeah. Tuesday, which is right. tomorrow. And yep. I think we have 153 left in this Zoom, and that's all we have to get to. So I think naturally we should wrap it up. Um, should be a fun wild card round. Should be a fun October. Uh, well, it, I mean, it'll be a fun October if. If it's a long October, if you catch my drift, um, definitely yeah. will be an interesting wild card round. Uh, the Phillies and the Marlins. After all this, it's just going to be the Phillies and the Marlins. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time.